0: Well, if wishes were wings, frogs wouldn't bump their ass every time they hop, now would they? You don't always get what you want. Exactly.
1: Hey, y'all. Que lo que? I really
2: like that shirt. The, Your, uh, Thank your you. little army shirt. That's cool.
1: Yeah, nah. Didn't, like, sorry. all right.
2: Blotchy camouflage.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea. I guess I guess it's deer hunting season oh. in well. Decatur. <laughs> in, in
2: Atlanta, <laughs> are, are we rolling? Yeah, not oh, think okay. we're good again. Oh
1: wow. <laughs> Hey everybody! Uh, Welcome back to Hey Y'all Kalokaea podcast, where we talk about cultural similarities, the challenges of getting older, and meeting each other along the way. We are your humble hosts. I'm Bernard,
2: and I'm Elizabeth.
1: And this episode is part of a uh, two-part episode where, in the first, we talked, we interviewed my grandparents, or we interviewed my grandfather. And he told us his story about coming to the United States and the importance of respect and understanding different cultures, uh, things like that. He, he, he hit us with some doozies of stories. Um, <laughs> hope you all enjoyed that. But this week we have, uh, we have another treat for you all where we will be interviewing Liz's parents.
2: Yeah, so we're going to be talking to my mom and my dad. And in parallel to how we, um, like the story that Bernard's grandfather told it's also a, um, it's going to be a story about how my parents left home Yeah. and how they, they got started in a foreign land themselves. Exactly. Right. I mean, a foreign part of the country. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So yeah. So they, um, you guys are going to hear stories about how they've explored the South together. And my parents, they have a very unique love story. Um, it's, it's like the notebook, but not. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's a tree and they will tell you all about it. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, so. kinda
1: of dive right into it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you guys enjoy. Okay, well, let's um let's get started.
3: <laughs> so you gonna turn that thing on?
2: Yeah, we're going we're gonna turn this thing on. It is on like Donkey Kong right now. Um, one of the first things I definitely want you guys to talk about is why did you feel like you have to run away to be with dad?
0: Well, because (laughs) I was told no by my parents after they said yes. So, yeah, that was a little crazy. Um, yeah, so when they okay. told me no, I couldn't see him anymore for whatever da-da-da reasons. Um, that didn't matter to a 17-year-old, not a damn bit. I just looked at him one cold day in, uh, March, and I said, uh, are you really serious about what you said? And he said, yes. He said, what did I say? I said, well, (laughs) you said I love you, and I'd go anywhere with you. (laughs) And pretty much that's how it all began. It was like midnight March 3rd, I believe, 1979, and there was probably about, I don't know, at least three feet of snow on the damn ground. It was cold as hell in Virginia, and I just... I looked across that snowy field, and I said, that house ain't that far. I'm going to run across that field, I'm going to go see what I can capture up, and I'll meet you over there at the end of the road. So that's what I did. I went down to my house. All the doors at my house were locked. I didn't have a key.
2: Why were the doors locked that night?
0: Well, because I was supposed to be in by eleven o'clock. That was my curfew. I did not make that curfew. So I go to the patio door and I could see my daddy was sitting in there in that chair, right? Waiting. Yeah, eleven thirty. It's like eleven thirty, quarter twelve, and he's waiting. And I could see he was snoring real good. So I wasn't about to damn knock on that patio door that night. And I was just like, Well, Hey, this is Truth or Dare, and I told that man I loved him to death, and I'd go anywhere with him. So I don't know where the hell we're fixing to go, but I'm fixing to rub my ass as fast as I can to that black Ford Elite, and it is going to take my ass on the adventure of my life. And I promise you this: it's been that for the last forty years. Plus. Uh, whew, it has been a hell of a ride. Yeah. A hell of a ride. And that's why I got in that car. And oh my never, gosh,
2: we're like a bunch of sensitive. I in never that. looked at us. <laughs> we're so that. sensitive. We're like, it's like I'm one sorry, question of on it, but we're like both in tears.
0: Beautiful. Wow. Story. Well, I mean it's like It's
2: the it's, truth.
0: I, I never looked
3: back. When she looked at me and said, "Hey, we're either gonna do this or you're not. This is gonna be your only chance," I said, "Well, go get your shit." <laughs> so, so, Mama, what'd you so do? So I pulled out the street. So I'm I sitting came out back there. with my shit, which,
0: which,
3: which was nothing.
0: My shit was on her back. My hoodie, my t-shirt, my barzir, my everything. Yeah. <laughs> My pair of socks, one pair of underwear, and a pair of shoes. That I was add, my shit.
3: I asked, when she got back in the car, I said, "Well, you're not bringing anything." She said, right, "Let's go." You sure? You oh, sure? Yep, you sure. I, 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 sure? Yep, sure? Well, I ain't yep. knocking on the door and telling so, my daddy I'm so, running away from home with so, your ass tonight, you know. No. I was I was in a I was in a no a, 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 was in a job that was going nowhere that didn't really matter and I was sort of in transition and I said I could go anywhere anytime so I said hey you want to go north south east or west I got people I know everywhere. Except for, that, no well, except for Mexico. Well, except for Mexico. And that was due to the military. Oh, that and was, that was
2: due to the military. No, I would have had people Mexico. in Mexico. Well, the, in the, the, military, the, the, yeah.
3: the people I knew were scattered because they had exactly. all got out of the service, you know, and they, they lived in all these places. So when we decided, well, we're going to go to Louisiana. So... I stopped by my parents' house up. and I go in my closet. I go in the house and get my, I just grab a whole handful of clothes and throw them in the back seat of the car and we left. And we just, we hightailed it and went to Louisiana and, and, and the couple we knew down there. And they, we they, drove till we got tired. Right.
0: Which was Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> How long of a drive was
1: that? I don't even well, remember.
3: we we weren't running around with a map, so we come, We, 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 took, we yeah, sort no of took GPS. the long way around.
1: Don't
3: no. Do that with no, map? no, we. I said I well, knew. I know that I knew this guy. Head. Yeah. <laughs> we were stationed head. in Norfolk, and this guy would go know. to Louisiana, and he would tell me he would go down Interstate 85. So I, of course, I shot to where I figured Interstate 85 wasn't. It brought us to Atlanta, yeah. and we went from Atlanta. West. To to Alabama and we got to Tuscaloosa and put in that and then night. And we
0: stopped because it yep. was pouring down.
3: Rain and then we're in this motel not knowing what to do because all of a sudden we're what hearing tornado hell? warnings and we'd never to. been around what
0: that. Hell is that shit? <laughs> He's like, "That's tornado. <laughs> Something is what they're saying on the radio." And I'm like, going, "Oh Jesus! I done run away from home. I ain't got no free money. <laughs> I ain't got no ID." And my ass is going to get blown away in Alabama by freaking tornado. <laughs> Woo! That's a great end to an epic almost story. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. But anyway, we got down there, and the couple took, took us in, and we, yeah, we, we, we stayed away. with them. Uh, I had met this guy's brother-in-law in North Carolina. He was working with an oil company. Now he's in Louisiana, so I got a job in the oil field but I worked away from home and while I was away from home of course Miss Sharon was living with these people learning how to cook Cajun food and all all the good stuff
2: from Louisiana
0: Yeah.
2: did your parents ever catch up with y'all running away
0: (laughs) well of course they caught up with this uh, week a month 27 days that's what it was (laughs) 27 days
1: How'd you know it was twenty-seven specifically? Were you counting? I there? was freaking counting, dude. <laughs> I was <I just laughs> wondering well... We if knew the my day man we left.
0: Karma was going to catch up with me because I'm Catholic, and look, man,
3: <laughs> you
0: can't stay in purgatory forever. You got decisions that are going to come <laughs> due, and you're going to be making confessions <laughs> to somebody, which I was not doing at that time. <laughs> so yeah or somebody's going to be cashing in so I knew it was going to come time to yeah eventually pay the piper but
3: and we so we how were they...
0: riding it out it was fun we were Bonnie Clyde, and I was sending letters to friends in New York yep we were sending letters somewhere Montana? else Montana. We were sending oh, yeah. letters we, like, to, like we send we, to people we to knew. let them know that we are okay. Right, yeah. we are still alive. Everything's cool. We're but we okay. were
3: making sure they were postmarked from, from other We other were than throwing where we off were the, were.
0: the trail. I mean, we're like body
3: quiet. <laughs> like I told you, that's, that's what comes. That's what comes from. Awesome. Ha- and that's what comes from having good friends that's all right. over the country. Good. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta
0: have your shit a little bit right. spread around if you're gonna like run from. The, would,
3: the letter, <laughs> the letter agree. would go from the original envelope into another one and maybe even into two or three more before it ever got there. Yeah, but you can people delay we your were karma all right. by 27 days. I had the conversation on the way down with my mother, and all I heard from her was, oh, my oh God, my you've, God. Done <laughs> Yo, you've done it now. Oh, you've done it now. Well, don't bother. Don't worry. We'll I talk to you when the time comes. So We didn't talk to my folks for a month either.
2: (laughs) But how did so did did nanny and grandpa, which is which is my mom's parents, like did they ever catch up with y'all? Did they ever find you guys? Like did they come looking, like you didn't just disappear and they didn't like (laughs) try not to look for you, right?
0: Well, no. They looked for me. They probably knocked heads for about three weeks it seemed like to they came up with the slickest way to catch somebody, and that was by stolen vehicle report, which my uncle, who worked for the sheriff's department in Smith County, Virginia. Hello, Uncle Roy. You know you did it. so after forty freaking years, if you might uncle as well Uncle Roy will be listening, and he will have to fess up, so not to me to Jesus, so. There will come a day of reckoning.
2: So wait, so explain that. So how did Uncle like? I don't, I don't get it. Well,
0: he was a sheriff, or a deputy sheriff in Washington County, Abingdon. Yeah, he was a very young buck. He thought, I can get these young, I get them. Don't worry, I got you, Junior. I can see it all happening in my Mm -hmm. head. So he,
2: he registered dad's car as a stolen vehicle. Yeah. That's
0: the surest way to find somebody. Mm-hmm. Through their vehicle.
3: Right? And Yeah. And style. the way that they caught us was that this particular time when I wasn't at work, I was at home. We had left the couple's house that we were living in. I and we were sitting shoes. in a public, and we were sitting in a public park. It was getting hot in Louisiana.
0: You got paid and I wanted to go to Kmart and get some damn flip flops. That's what happened. And then we didn't want to go back to Rosa and Eugene. So you said, why don't we just go sit in the park like we used to down there in Virginia? And I was like, oh hell yeah, let's go do it. I'm down for that.
3: And we sat in the park, we're sitting there. Another couple comes in and park. Their car won't start. We back up and start their car, but we pull back in. They leave, yeah, we pull back in. we didn't know in. the Set rules. Them. We didn't realize there was a curfew Shit. for the park. Mm, had no idea. So the police pulls in, and he lights up my license plate. So he comes in. Mm-hmm. In Louisiana. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. And and uh, wants to know if he, he, he pulled me out, all of a sudden, then the handcuffs are broke out because he got the hit on my license plate. My car was stolen and I told him he could look in the glove box and find the registration that the registration would match my driver's license. Well, that threw him a curve because they did match. But he's still saying, well, your car's stolen. No, my car's not stolen. Okay. So I'm sitting in the back of his car. We're waiting, Miss Sharon's still in I'm my in car. I'm in the
0: car sitting there just and he had shaking for, like a bundle yep. of nerves. He called by, for boy, backup. No.
3: He calls for backup. Here and this go. young cop gets out and stands behind a tree and pulls a gun out and tells Sharon to get out of the car and puts her in his car. So we sat there a little while longer, and then the, the policeman that got me in his car saying, well, he, he said, I hope you know somebody because something ain't looking right right here. He said, you know anybody? I said, I know the man I work with. Well, somebody's wanting you bad back home, <laughs> okay. So why are we waiting here? What are we waiting? Oh, we're waiting for the record. What why for? It? Well, we're going to tow your car. Well, who's going to pay for that? And he made the statement that I would. No, I doubt it. Anyway, here we go in two police cars to the police station with a car on a tow truck. (coughs) Then we get to the police station, and they made a phone call to the Withfield, Virginia
0: police police station
3: at the jail.
0: Which ain't open at 5 o'clock. For some reason, they couldn't
3: get an answer. After midnight. They couldn't get an answer. So they called the state trooper headquarters in With County. And got that dispatcher, which lo and behold, that particular dispatcher is the fellow's husband that I had been staying with that was Miss Sharon's neighbor.
1: Oh, wow. Small world. Man. Yes. Small and town. he
3: told them, you know what? That's his car. So they decide, well, we're going to have to let him go. Okay, so then it went from them letting me go, but uh, somebody had called a juvenile guy. He comes in. Wait, have y'all called her parents? No, we didn't call her. But parents.
2: mom was. I mean, they called juvenile because mom was only seventeen. Right,
3: but they said in in Lafayette, and Louisiana, she was of age, and besides that, said said the only charge in Louisiana, that I had.
2: If you're seventeen yeah. at that time, you're an adult. It's, it's the
1: it's, age, of well,
3: yeah, it's right. age of consent. Yeah, right. Well, come to find out, her dad had took a warrant out after me. Wow. Contributing to the delinquency of a minor, and they Which said in I Louisiana, still in
0: Virginia, yeah. But, <laughs> but when you cross state lines, you can have all kinds of fun. Yeah.
3: So she down there. They said they wouldn't go around the corner to pick anybody up for that charge. And besides that. He has something worse against him because that is falsifying police records about my life, about my car being stolen. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Anyway, <laughs>
0: Dad, oh, good. <laughs> anyway,
3: now it goes from them holding me that the dude has them holding her. So he, the juvenile guy, gets him to get. Which he really? Gets, he gets sucked. Sharon. Yep, Sharon's parents on the phone. So she gets to talk to her dad.
2: Oh, you get to. That's, oh, that's yeah. nice.
3: <laughs> yeah, I got your daughter here. I found her. <laughs> yeah. So she talked to her dad. Then he wanted to talk to me, and of course, she's uh, saying, uh, yeah. "Don't you think you ought to come home?" No, I'm not. Why don't you want? Longer- well, look, let, let let let's do a little bit of figuring here. I was working at a warehouse. That- per year I could have made 9600 bucks a year
1: per year
3: per year and I've been here a month 79 79 yeah. I've been here a month and we made that already No, I'm not coming home mm-hmm. <laughs> So then the conversation went to uh well you you need to come on back home No, we're we're leaving that subject <laughs> Dad's like, then I said then I said by the way who turned my car in and stolen oh I don't know oh you know no somebody I knows. I don't know let me talk to Sharon so, <laughs> all right I, and I told him I'm gonna tell you up front the police here say I have a better case against you than you do me you falsified police records then when or he somebody said, did. thens when he said let me talk to Sharon So while he's talking to her again, the juvenile fella is telling me, I see where this is going. He said, I'll take care of it for you. So he got back on the phone with her dad, and he told her dad, said, you know what? I see both of them here. They're both healthy. They look like they're doing fine, taking care of each other. And he said, what you need to do is is let's let them go home tonight. Call you back tomorrow. And, you know, if they decide to come back home, then you decide whether you want them back in your domain or not. And that's where the conversation ended. That he got she got to tell him goodbye for that night. And we got back with them the next morning. But the whole deal went back and forth about coming home. Now I've got this warrant, this outstanding warrant out there. But back to the grocery store I worked at in my hometown. It's a little bitty town. You know everybody. I happen to know the district attorney. So I called Mr. Bird up and said, Mr. Bird, Mr. Ford is taking this warrant out after me, and I'd like to know what I have to do to take care of it. And he told me to have Mr. Ford get a hold of him. And he did. Mr. Ford had to go to court. <laughs> and well, day, wait, Mom, while yeah, you were in Louisiana? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're not home yet. And the judge. is a bitch. Y'all. <laughs> That's all I'm to say about that. Yeah. And the judge told him. Or do
0: unto others. Right.
3: And the judge told him, said, Well, don't you think if you had let them see each other, they may have stayed home? So you know, that ended it. He, the warrant was lifted. I continued working down there we eventually decided to move back home. For a while. <laughs> <laughs>
2: for a while. For a minute. For enough a time to get minute. married. Like
0: <laughs> 10 months. And we was like, screw this. Let's yep. go back to Louisiana. Well, we, we got a
3: phone call. We got a phone call from the same friend I had gone down there yeah, that got me the so job. Much it so more fun down there. Offered, <laughs> offered, offered another job. And we looked at each other and said, hey, we can see them as much from down here as what we
0: see them now up here. Right? <laughs> and nobody want to. Pay me two dollars an hour for being chained to a sewing machine, so I'm
3: out. Yeah. Bye. So, so we went back.
0: <laughs> we'll give you a place to vacation.
3: But that's the end of the. That's the end of the Bonnie and Clyde part. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I think
2: that's basically like just the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want
1: to go to Louisiana now. Everyone should
0: go to Louisiana. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You spend at least six to, yeah, six months to a year. Yeah.
2: Just to kind of, like, get a taste of everything. Yes.
0: You'll never leave if you find a good paying job. You'll just be like, okay, y'all, screw the rest of the world. I love Louisiana. I'm down forever. And what part of so Louisiana
2: were y'all in?
1: They Lafayette. were in Lafayette. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, so they were in Lafayette, Louisiana. And it's it's funny because Bernard likes to say that my parents are, like, ambassadors of the South. Oh, you? know. <laughs> yeah. So, my mom was born in Virginia, my dad was born in Tennessee, which we've already heard a little bit about Virginia, I'm sure eventually we'll get to Tennessee, but then they made it to Louisiana, they had my big brother Levi, and then they came to Georgia, and then that's where I was born, so you guys kind of had like made this whole entire like circle, like around the south, but I want to kind of like stop in that circle in Louisiana and like talk more about that and I wanna like like what what's like what's some of like your favorite memories from living there or, like what are some things that like some like friends have said there that you just feel like you would never hear anywhere else. Some things
1: really specific to Louisiana. Yeah. Like what's what's
2: like some just like some shit that people would say in Louisiana. buy you shit.
3: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Laissez bon temps roule that's all over Louisiana, Louisiana. Yeah, everybody knows time that roll. Roll. Let, let the good, good times, times roll, roll. Mm-hmm. and those people down there the, 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 I mean, we're it. talking about the true true the Cajuns, Cajuns. Mm-hmm.
0: the Cajuns. that's people. how they live
3: festivals party you go to work but you family. live your life and you party your family all is the this, most yeah. important yeah
0: it <laughs> right. does and They're I feel awesome. like see
2: when people talk about like oh I drink peanuts out of a Coke can like whatever <laughs> when I say like I'm not that southern but I'm like I'm that southern like no. I just the, what you want to be? I feel like, is, I'm, I'm kind of like no. I'm like more like let the good times roll. Right. <laughs> right. You want right. to suck the head
3: and eat the tail, yeah. and
0: throw the beer back to wash it all down. Yeah. That's who you want to be in Louisiana. As yeah. long as you can get down, get dirty in the crawf, crawfish, or the shrimp boil, or whatever the hell's happening, yeah. and eat with them, you'll be like. You are already an honorary Cajun because you yeah. just dug in and went for it. <laughs> no.
3: they, yeah,
0: that's that, the truth.
3: They say down there that you eat what don't eat you first.
0: That's right. Mm.
1: <laughs> you eat what but, don't eat you first. Right. That's right.
3: And that that goes back basically to alligators.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. That mean, stuff can yeah. eat you. Well, <laughs> that, that, yeah.
3: That's the stuff one that can, can eat you. Yeah. Have. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, shoot. Oh shoot! Oh, <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> yeah, as Jerome used to say. But it, we 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 had good times. We had good times at work. I mean, we rode airboats. We were rode marsh buggies and swamp buggies and trudged through the swamps. Miss Sharon got to ride a swamp buggy.
0: I did. I had a great adventure mm-hmm. in Louisiana.
3: So that's it, where
0: it, I grew up. Mm-hmm. It's where I learned to drink beer, to <laughs> shoot whiskey. <laughs> and I learned what line dancing was all about. And uh, playing the accordion and uh, the washboard. And, accordion?
2: The
3: accordion? Yeah, you know. Zydeco.
0: Yeah, was- music. Yep. Learning uh, love for that and just immersing yourself in that culture, which I think I probably did that there more than, well, I mean, growing up in Virginia, you're just in, immersed in the hillbilly culture (laughs) there, but the Cajuns are a whole different new kind of hillbilly, right? (laughs) Um, And it's probably the same thing I could say about Georgians and being redneck. They're they're a different kind of hillbilly, and you'll probably find a different kind of hillbilly in Ohio and West Virginia, (laughs) you know, and um, I mean, you just, uh, it's a mix. But in Louisiana... We found a whole lot of a lot of kindred yep. spirits, I think, too, yep. as as well as like how we believe. And
3: everybody was very accepting. Yeah, uh, and they would, We, we they, were completely out of their culture, but they were willing to share uh, it yeah. with us, and, and we learned a whole we lot open, from those folks. Yeah,
0: and I tell you what, there was not a daggone thing that if you needed something done, they'd be like, "Oh, I know somebody, yep. I got you." Oh, you need your air conditioner hooked up? Oh, Shaw, babe, I got you. I was Don't gonna worry, say, that babe. Louisiana
1: accent's coming out. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and, and I'm going to tell you, I, you know, I had a lot of them would call me uh, Yankee. And they'd, I'd say, well, I, look, I grew up below my, uh, the Mason-Dixon line, uh, line. And he'd say, well, where do you live? And i say, oh, I live up right up there on... In Dusan he'd be like, Well, on which side of the tracks? and I'd tell him he'd be like, Well, you still from the north, baby. You're shy baby. Come if on now.
3: North of, highway 90, you're you're
0: north a of a highway ninety. you North of Highway <laughs> ninety. You're a
3: Yankee. Wow. And
2: I, I love it though. It's it's definitely Dude, it's it's funny away. that they say <laughs> that about like being Southern because I feel like people who it's there's like this line. There's like, and DeMar I think Carson I I, guess, I mean I guess it's like the Mason Dixon line, but it's like a ongoing it's argument different cause Virginia, in every state, I Virginia, Virginia's close because they're like oh <laughs> no no no, but I guess I mean if That's you're in Louisiana, <laughs> Virginia
0: is kind of. Like, you, oh, that's a you kind of Yankee, yeah. You, you, yeah, you kind of Yankee, you yeah. Yankee, you Yankee girl. Come on now, you know. But I grew up no, in Virginia I'm and I'm like, man, it is thick as hell
1: I Virginia, Virginia is still Virginia though. I mean, Virginia is the South. But do you,
2: Mom, do you feel like you, did you learn more about yourself like in Louisiana than you did in Virginia or like is there?
0: Oh, totally, because I was free to be me. I was a 17-year-old young woman who had no boundaries. I mean, at 17 in Louisiana in 1979, I was totally free and legal.
3: And at 18, she could go to the grocery store and buy liquor.
0: No, at 17, (laughs) I could do that.
3: Really? Seven. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Was it seventeen? No, you
3: had to wait to use eighteen. I was eighteen, yep. yes, to
0: official yep. but in Virginia I had to be twenty one and walk right. into some special secret adult store. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yep. But in Louisiana, you know what I could do? I could throw that crap right up on the grocery store counter with my broccoli and my cheese and my <laughs> bologna and my boudin and my, you know, and sausage and some crawfish and Shoot, y'all, we was having a good time by the end of the night.
3: Yeah.
0: We had gumbo going on. We had a little, I don't know, whatever I was trying out liquor-wise, because <laughs> it was all available. For real. Yeah, for real, Kate. for real.
2: But I did, I'm, I'm looking back at um, some of the questions that I wanted to ask, and one of the questions is being, this is for you, Mom, being one of the only women in your family, did your mother who was also in a family dominated by men, give you any advice?
0: Well, I don't think she taught me enough before I was 17.
2: Mm.
0: I'm going to tell you that because she didn't share her own story. Mm. In a lot of ways, I think she was shamed by her story. And her story is my story because my dad is seven years older. Mm. She kind of left Pennsylvania, in the same manner I did. Really? And her family had the same sort. Listen, I'm going to tell you when things run through families, they run long and deep until you find the person who says no more. Now, luckily for my daughter, I was the person who said no more. Because While I may have shielded her from our true story when we were, when she was young and did not glorify any part of it, I think um, she probably learned a lot of things from me because I had learned a lot of hard lessons in life. And uh, probably one of the best and hardest lessons that I learned about raising children is you cannot tell them who to love. And uh, the best thing to do is just let them love and love them through it and see where all their relationships, no matter whether they're teenagers or young people or Whatever it is, you know, I mean, a lot of times things come full circle in families, and um, I'm happy that that I feel like, at least in the generation I could control, and the things that he and I are able to influence in our family and change, that's one of the things that we did change.
3: But let me let, let, let me take. One thing a little step farther. We talked about. Yeah. We talked about how with we, we we didn't put an emphasis on on who our kids could see. Yeah. We left that up to them, but at the same time, there had to be a level of respect. This is where we go back to the old the old school, and the old school was and I told Elizabeth there would not be a guy come up to this driveway and toot the horn Absolutely. And, and you go out.
1: Absolutely. That, I learned that lesson from you all, actually. Yeah,
3: that that was one thing I told her. Mm-hmm. You're never going to do that. That guy will always come knock on that door. And he will come in here and see us, and he's welcome. And as long as he has that respect for you, then he's welcome. And then I won't have. Then I won't feel like that. I need to have this guy come in one evening when I'm cleaning the rifle.
1: <laughs> 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 one one of the many rifles that <laughs> Joe has. Right,
3: right. But that we've never we like like Sharon said we never told them who they could see or who they couldn't see.
2: But okay, so moving away from that a little bit, <laughs> I kind of want to talk about like some of the sayings that y'all would say. And, like, growing up, like, these are things that I would hear and they're just they're, they're just normal to me. Like, I remember being around some friends at a party and saying, like, I'm as drunk as Cooter Brown. And they would be like, who is Cooter Brown? And I'm like, he's
0: your oh, yeah, best friend's my mama's yeah. cousin. Don't you know Cooter Brown? Everybody <laughs> knows Cooter Brown in the South. Y'all don't know Cooter Brown. I guarantee you, I can introduce you to him one night. So, uh,
2: so what's, so what's the saying?
0: Well, he's your best friend's mama's cousin, <laughs> Cooter Brown. Ooh. I'm as drunk as Cuda Brown. Don't you remember? Y'all met him one night at a party.
3: <laughs> what's that? Well, you one don't else?
0: remember him because you was as drunk as he was. <laughs> Hello. Uh,
1: Y'all, come on. So if you don't know Cooter Brown, it's probably because you were either too drunk or you, or you met, you
0: met right? him and you
1: forgot. And
0: you forgot. Because Stupid. you were at drunk partying with Cooter. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all just being silly now. Y'all need to stop it. You Everybody know. knows who Cooter Brown is.
2: Well, they don't. Trust me, I've tried it. I'm like, oh, y'all, I'm drunk. well, they
0: did not grow up in the real South.
2: No, like I would catch, especially like in New York too. they' like, I, I mean, even like saying shit is like going to the grocery store and being like, I need to get a buggy, and people would be like, well, a it's buggy. a cart
0: up there, what, don't you know? A it's a buggy. Or
2: they would, or they would say it's 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 mad brick outside. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, wait, what?
1: That's I'm funny because like, my mom says buggy now. But she's from New York. My mom is originally from New York, but she she doesn't say shopping cart. She says buggy now because we have been down here so long. It's, I mean, it's buggy. Yeah,
0: that's what it is. Well, that's what you haul you shit in, y'all, buggies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, if it's
2: really cold outside, like, what would you say?
0: What would I say? It's colder <laughs> than the witch's tits, what I'd say. <laughs>
2: What if it's like really, really, really cold? I don't
0: wanna go out there. Screw
2: it. <laughs> no, I've no, I've heard I've heard it's colder wait, what's it what's it Colder
0: in the witch's fit.
2: In a brass bra.
0: In a brass bra, that's right. <laughs> oh, boy, that's, that's real specific. cold. That's, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> that is true. I forgot the the punchline to that, and a brass bra today, because you know what, guys? It's like 20 degrees outside in Atlanta, Georgia.
2: (laughs) Dad, do you have any, like, I mean, I know you probably, I don't.
3: I know one, one, one of them was, uh, live, live, live each day like it's your last. Yeah. Because one day you'll be right.
0: That's right. No <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> that, that's the part of that thing I ain't never heard. You're southern extra. That's that
1: little southern extra. Right. Lanyah. Little <laughs> <laughs> something extra. Man, that story gets better every time I hear it, but this time. I, I mean I didn't I've never heard like the entire story with that much detail. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, you just heard their entire like love story. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's 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 always best when they tell it together. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard it a hundred times. I don't I mean hundred million times. But I just I can't hear it enough. Because I think yeah. I think it just keeps getting more and more animated.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: And like once and once they once they talked about like leaving Virginia and just going through all these other southern states. It's so it's so fun. It's like you're on like this road trip with them.
1: <laughs> that's, that's why I always call them the Southern Ambassadors. <laughs> yeah, then, like to
2: land in Louisiana and for them to share all that <clears throat> culture with us. And mm-hmm. It's it's very rich. Our cultures are rich. Absolutely. That's, that's why we should share them. Well, speaking mm-hmm. of our cultures, our um one thing that we definitely want to explore on our next episode mm-hmm. and something that we will be exploring is we're going to talk about music. Yeah. Um So, Bernard, I don't know if you you can tell him.
1: Yeah. So I am going to have a a great opportunity to spend some time in the Dominican Republic. My father actually lives out there, and I'm going to go spend some time with him. And so I'll be able to hear the music in the motherland.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the next episode, it'll actually be Bernard and I, we're going to have to do it virtually. Mm -hmm. But he's going to be in Dominican Republic and I'm going to be here in Georgia.
1: Yep. And Liz, you're going to cover classic rock and I will cover bachata, which is sort of like Dominican country music.
2: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And we are super excited about that.
1: Very, very (laughs) excited. Yeah. Y'all heard a lot about us. Now we really want to introduce y'all to to some of the music that... that
2: Some history and some... Exactly. Now stay tuned for a PSA brought to you by my mother.
0: (laughs) And the best way to prevent unwanted children is birth control. (laughs) (laughs) And an aspirin between your knee if you can't afford some birth control. Put a Tylenol there. I don't give a shit. Put a rock between your knees.
1: Wait. Just put something between your knees. All right. This has been Kay, Y'all Feel Okay with Bernard. And
2: Elizabeth.
1: And we really appreciate y'all stopping by.
2: Yeah. Thanks for coming through. We can't wait to see y'all next time.